The Bible Study Podcast, episode 411. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the story of the Gospel of Matthew with John the Baptist. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with Matthew 3 today, which is the story of John the Baptist and the baptism of Jesus. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes the one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. John sure knows how to make an impression, doesn't he? And that is what he does when suddenly after 500 years of there not being a prophet in Judea, John the Baptist bursts on the scene. And that really must have been what it is like that he was the biggest story and the most unusual preacher. He wasn't claiming to be the Messiah, as some had, but he was calling people to repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. John can be thought of as one of the first of the apocalyptic preachers, one of the first of the preachers who is saying that the end of the world is coming. In this case, though, what he's not saying is the end of the world. He's saying the one who God is sending is coming. And it sounds like a pretty rough coming that he's talking about. Baptizing with Holy Spirit and fire, winnowing for clearing the threshing floor, burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Is it any wonder why, although Jesus and John are cousins and may have known each other growing up, John may not have been expecting the Jesus who came? Certainly if he was expecting unquenchable fire and he gets suffer the little children to come unto me, it may explain why later on John sends people and says, Are you the one? Are you the one we were looking for? Or should we expect another? And Jesus, of course, will respond, and it will respond with Scripture, but we'll look at that later on when we get to that story. But John is this voice calling in the wilderness, this voice prophesied by the prophet Isaiah. Again, Matthew goes back to the Old Testament, to the prophet Isaiah, and talks about the one who is preparing the way of the Lord. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. I have a new perspective of this, having been in Morocco, Morocco, which still has a king. As we traveled to southern Morocco, we traveled to regions where the king does not go all the time. And so when the king goes, there is preparation. There are people who are sent out in advance. And it was interesting that still on the hills of many of the towns that we went to were sayings that were put up there for the king's visit. 
rocks spelling out sayings in Arabic, proclaiming their reverence for the king, proclaiming their love for Morocco. John is that same person who is coming to tell people, the king is coming, you better get your act together. Wouldn't you like to be seen as the king's loyal subjects when he comes? Especially this king that John is prophesying about, this king who will come with his winnowing fork in his hand, with his fork that he will use to separate, to separate wheat from chaff. Prepare, get ready, repent. Repent doesn't mean feel sorry about what you did, but change your course, literally to turn around and and choose a new direction. I can feel sorry about what I did, but keep doing the same thing over and over again, and that is not repentance. And so John says he is baptizing people for repentance, and people are coming in droves. And some of the people who come are these religious leaders and the people who everyone thinks are the most religious. And suddenly John is chastising them. And I don't think anybody is expecting this. I don't think the crowds are expecting this. And I don't think the Pharisees and the Sadducees are expecting this. Two different parties, the Pharisees being those people who want to make sure that the religion is pure. Remember, this is the people who went away into exile because they were so unfaithful to God that he took their kingdom away for 70 years. And after they come back, the Pharisees basically get established as, let's make that never happen again. Let's be faithful to the little iota, the little dot on the I and the cross of the T, and let's make sure that this doesn't happen again. The Sadducees are a little different. The Sadducees are of the priestly party. They don't believe in the resurrection. They only believe in the first five books of the Torah, and they have power. So as Jesus runs into opposition with the Sadducees, he's going to run into it with them because he is a threat to their power. So the problem that John seems to have with them is they're not producing fruit in keeping with repentance. They're being baptized, but they're not repenting. They're not changing their ways. And he's and he anticipates their question. He anticipates their argument that well we are children of Abraham, an argument that they will make later on to Jesus elsewhere in the gospels. And he says God can make from these stones children of Abraham. Don't think you are all that special. Every tree that doesn't produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. This is a fire and brimstone preacher, John the Baptist is. And what he says is change. Don't just think about religion. Don't just talk about religion. Don't just go through the motions, but be who God desires you to be. And so John is surprised and maybe a little taken back in the next part of the story because Jesus comes to be baptized. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you now come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son in whom I love. With him I am well pleased. John knew this Jesus, John and Jesus being cousins, and John knew that unlike the religious leaders who really did need a serious case of repentance, Jesus did not. And John says, I'm not worthy. Remember, you're the guy I talked about whose sandal I'm not worthy to carry. 
But they, they go through this baptism. Jesus says, let's do this. It's the right thing for us to do. And as soon as he comes out, we get this proclamation, this proclamation that we may not have heard since shepherds and wise men came at his birth, which may have been some 30 years ago. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now, why is that important? Well, one of the reasons that's important is where we go next. We aren't going to go there this week, but next week Jesus will be in the wilderness and he will be in the wilderness for days. And finally, Satan will come to him and he'll say, if, if you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, well, God just said here in Jesus baptism, this is my son whom I love. And this is the promise that Jesus needs to cling to next week as we talk about him in the wilderness. What do we cling to in those days that are difficult? I'm not actually having a very good day today. (laughs) You know, some days you record this and you're in a good mood, and other days you record this and someone has said something to you wrong or done something that, that hurt you or something you were hoping for falls apart, and that's the kind of day I'm having. So what do I cling to in those days? We cling to the promises of God who says that he loves us. A promise of God who says he loves us enough to send his son to die in our place. That's a God worth following, and that's a God worth repenting when we have screwed up. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, Do you trust me? Because together we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.